Hello there, I'm Dee Reddy and welcome to Inside Intercom. On this week's show, we've hosted another remote roundtable with colleagues from across the globe. This week, we're shining a light on our support team and finding out how they're getting on during this challenging time. It's fair to say that support teams in companies across almost every industry are facing a whole host of unprecedented challenges like an increased volume of support conversations, more stressed out customers and mounting pressure on their teams. And yet, many are keeping business going while the world is in lockdown. So, how have they adapted? We brought together some of our most experienced and passionate support leaders to answer just that for this remote roundtable. In today's episode, we hear from Caitlin Patterson, Global Director of Customer Support at Intercom in San Francisco, Bobby Stapleton, Senior Manager of Customer Support based in Chicago, and Ruth O'Brien, Senior Manager of Customer Support in Dublin. Between them, they have some great actionable insights covering everything from which tech stacks to rely on, how to deal with increased volume of queries, and how automation can help you support your support team. They're a top-notch panel with loads of brilliant advice to impart. So let's hear from our guests. So guys, thanks all for joining us today for this remote roundtable on Inside Intercom. Today, we're going to be discussing how customer support teams are responding to the current global situation. So let's start off by hearing from our panelists about what they do here at Intercom. Caitlin, seeing as you're no stranger to the podcast, would you like to kick things off? Absolutely. So uh, great to be back, Dee. Thank you for having us. I'm so proud to be here today with my amazing team of uh, senior managers. So I am Caitlin. I'm the uh, Global Director of Intercom's Customer Support Team. Uh, Super proud to lead um, our army of uh, support specialists and support engineers across the world with the help of an amazing management team, um, which includes Bobby and Ruth. So happy to pass it over to them to share a little bit about themselves as well. Yeah. Uh, hello, everybody. So uh, I'm Bobby Stapleton, and I'm the Senior Manager of Customer Support for no- North America. So I oversee our Chicago office as well as our San Francisco office. Been here for about two years. Hi, everybody. I'm Ruth O'Brien, and I lead our EMEA Customer Support Team, so the uh, support team that's in our Dublin office. And at the time of recording, I've been in Intercom just over four years. So guys, safe to say we are currently working in fairly unprecedented times here and you guys and believe me, everyone in Intercom really, really appreciates the work that you're doing, but also your clients are very much on the front line for business in terms of keeping things going day to day. So how are you finding adapting to working remotely? Bobby, what are the day-to-day changes that the customer support teams in Intercom are making? Yeah, you know, for us on the customer support team, we have been lucky because we've had a strong culture of working digitally since we have our teams spread across four different offices. But, you know, really what's been different for us is thinking about that day-to-day connection that we used to have inter-office and trying to bring that collaboration together digitally. So one big change we've started is doing daily stand-ups with each of our different managers and their functional teams. You know, these are pretty casual. It's saying hello, kicking off the day, any important information, as well as uh, having some fun. Uh, We were doing jumping jacks the other day, which was a great way to start start the morning. So yeah, that's been like one big change for us is those daily standups. And I would say secondly too, you know, zooming out, you know, another big change is just letting the team know that, like you said, this this is not normal times. And so what we're going for isn't perfection. You know, if your kids come running in through the background or if you're 
dog's going nuts, like, you know, that's okay. Or if, you know, you're not fully there today, um, you know, talk to us, talk to your manager so we can give you the space to take care of yourself before jumping in to take care of our customers. So, you know, those are kind of the two big ones that stand out, stand out for me. That makes sense. The support team have to be supported so that they can do their jobs. Ruth, how are you guys in Dublin finding it? Um, I mean, we were actually trialing a work from home day once a week anyway. So we had built a lot of our processes beforehand, which is actually quite handy for when we had to you know, go into lockdown quite quickly. Something we really rely on on a team as a team is Slack. Uh, we do a lot of our team, you know, person to person and team to team interaction in Slack. And we have a lot of fun in there as well. So the amount of pet threads like pet dog and cat or whatever pet you have themed threads that we have going in there at the moment they're ones that are guaranteed to bring a smile to people's faces. So just having a bit of fun and remembering that like, you know, what's going on in the outside world is so serious and can be quite distressing if you're tuned into it at all times. So actually making work a, spa- a space where you can have a bit of fun and I suppose forget about it a little bit. That's really important as well. I totally agree. And I must say, compared to some of my friends, I'm definitely noticing that Intercom is brilliant for making sure to keep those social interactions going between colleagues, even though we're not all in the same space. Caitlin, it must be a challenge, you know, trying to manage the global team then, because all these changes are being implemented in the offices across the world. Yeah, I think you know, something unique to the support team and then something unique to Intercom that is serving us well here and, you know, full transparency. We're doing our best. We're learning, evolving. Um, there's there's a lot happening, but unique to the support team is, you know, the nature of, of these types of teams and roles is they're excellent communicators, right? They're having, you know, over 20,000 conversations via Intercom a month with our customers, helping them troubleshoot, helping them understand things they don't understand, answering questions, making people feel better, addressing, you know, high pressure situations. So communication is, right, it's just key to everything in life. And so I think our team is uniquely suited to manage the communication requirements during this time. Uh, And we're really trying to lean into that over communicating that you know, but in strategic and effective ways. And then unique to intercom, you know, I did not have this observation myself, but I remember someone once said that intercom is a culture of writers. And I think much of that is rooted in our blog. We have these internal processes called intermissions, which if you've got an idea or a change, you write an intermission, you get it all down on a dock in a really structured and clear way, as short and sweet and persuasive as possible. And and then you circulate that. So, you know, I know most organizations are not, you know, we are not unique in using centralized docs, but I think really writing in a clear and concise way and then using that to um, circulate the right information and get the right amount of feedback. So I'd say communication, like all things, is so key. And that's something we're really trying to lean into. That's a very good point. And it's a skill that is all the more important when people are physically distant because you need to get the tone uh, as well as your meaning across. So while you're doing that day to day, then you're, you, you guys are the ones who are communicating, I guess, with our customers. What are you hearing from them on this challenge? Are there any initiatives or changes that stand out in particular? Let's go to you on this first, Ruth. Um, We're generally hearing so many lovely things from them. Most people are wishing us well and hoping we're safe at either the start or the end of their conversation with us. There's just been a real human connection and a lot of solidarity between people working online in the same space. So that's been really nice. There's also a lot of positive feedback from companies around how Intercom is allowing them support their customers at this time when they can't meet them face to face. 
and how they're using our different features to support large inbound volumes. While some customers have seen a big slowdown in customer contacts, many of them are busier. And in some cases, this is good news, uh, but in others, it's not. Some of them are struggling. These are really unique and challenging times. So we're working through these on a case-by-case basis. But we recently made Intercom free for nonprofits in the fight against COVID-19. So this has been a wonderful new stream of conversations for us. It's incredible to see the kind of work that some organizations in that space are doing. That's amazing. Bobby, what about you? Yeah, you know, I think to add on to Ruth's point, you know, looking internally, it's been so great to get the positive feedback from customers, you know, whether that's just the love and care that we're sharing with them or them wishing us well wishes. And so one thing our team's been trying to do is really share that positive feedback out uh, to the whole company. So, you know, we're using Slack at Intercom. So just kind of posting that in our general channel. Normally that's feedback we would celebrate internally just amongst our customer support team. But, you know, I think across all of companies right now, like people want to know that their customers are doing okay, or they want to know that the work that they're doing during these times really matters. And so We've been just trying to share those those like fun posts, the fun positive feedback out to the whole company. It's been awesome to see all teams, engineering, sales, marketing, jump in and, and really appreciate that. Yeah. And as someone who sits outside your team, I would absolutely echo that. It's wonderful to see. And it is really, really, really reassuring to see at a time like this that customers are being taken care of. Caitlin, any thoughts? I guess the final thing I would add is, you know, there's a whole lot of well-wishing going on and that's happening with our customers as well as within our teams. I think, you know, there's a a global sense that we are uh, connected and and in all of this together, uh, despite the differences between us, our businesses, our lives, our countries, et cetera. And so, I don't know, I guess that just gives me a little bit of, of hope and warmth. And it's, you know, whether I'm talking to someone on our team over Slack, I find myself wanting to take a pause, take a moment and just ask them how they're doing. If I know something about their lives, asking them about that. And then, you know, similarly, when we're talking to customers, we're getting these, as Ruth mentioned, these well wishes from them and and we're certainly returning that. So that's pretty broad and high level, but, you know, really is happening across the board and, um, you know, long may it continue. I fully agree with you on that. I think when the whole world is kind of going through something like this together, it makes you mindful of, you know, all the things that we have in common. And one of that is just human interaction and wanting to check that other people are okay. So it's nice to see that coming across in business communications as well. I'm just going to pause the podcast there for a second to tell you that the Intercom Customer Service Trends Report 2024 is out now. We asked 2,000 plus customer service teams across the globe how they are meeting the challenges and opportunities of 2024. In it, you'll see this year's top five customer service trends, plus strategies to meet rising customer expectations. You can find the report at inter.com forward slash 2024 trends. Okay, back to today's episode. Caitlin, it's fair to say that customer service representatives are across the board seeing a huge surge in activity and queries. What advice would you give to companies struggling to deal with that increased volume? Sure. So there's a few ways to think about this one. And and we ourselves at the moment are are thinking through this unique times call for unique measures. So um, step one, take a step back. Where are you? Right. What is that surge? Can you measure it? Can you understand the different themes within that surge? And then work to come up with the, the right way to 
sort of troubleshoot those themes, right? And so this is where, um, you know, we talk a lot about automation. We're big believers and users in intercoms automation technology for, you know, for us, this is, okay, we're seeing a surge. Here's the three key themes we're seeing in that surge. Uh, where will automation help us and, and where might it hurt us and how should we uh, implement it here? And, and we definitely won't touch it over there. Right. And I think, you know, we have long said this on, on several podcast episodes, but it's, you know, where you need empathy and a human touch, man, that's needed in some situations here at the moment, but where automation can save your team manual work, uh, let it, you know, so whether that's using a custom bot or a resolution bot or, creating saved replies or, you know, a lot of teams call these macros, you know, what, what types of questions are we getting, you know, time and time again, and how can we, you know, sort of create a standardized template to respond there. So yeah, I guess to summarize, just take that step back, understand like, what is the difference in work that you're seeing? How could you sort of chunk it up and then sort of problem solve or troubleshoot based on those uh, chunks. And then the last thing I'll say is, you know, we sort of believe in this, I don't know, mercenary is the right word. That's a little intense, but you know, it's just like divide and conquer, right? So we've got X group working on Y, you know, types of conversations, which is like just keeping the train on the tracks and business as usual. And then we're pulling out a few folks who are highly specialized in a variety of topics and we're having them own sort of a new stream of work. And so we're doing that at the, you know, sort of the support frontline level. We're also doing that at the manager level. And, you know, this is a really rapidly evolving situation in so many ways. And so our strategies are also rapidly evolving. And I think that's the right thing to do, even if it creates a little bit of a sense of, you know, it's felt busy and at times it's felt a little chaotic, but we want to make sure we're not being overly dogmatic about what the right approach is because the right approach is changing. That does sound like an interesting approach though, to give people ownership of particular sectors or types of business, because I'd imagine that there's some industries in particular that are more hard hit than others. So for example, travel and a lot of their customer queries are going to be, you know, from people who are very stressed or upset. How have you found those type of customers are dealing? Yeah. So, you know, there certainly are industries that have been highly impacted quickly and in a big, big way. And so, you know, again, I think I I look to automation, like, you know, where can people use an automated reply to set expectations for turnaround time? And we're seeing this all over the internet. Myself as a consumer, you know, we are experiencing a, a higher volume than usual. We appreciate your patience, right? So you can use things like bots to, to set bespoke expectations in all cases cases or in some cases, right? So you can imagine in that travel industry, if you're getting a flood of cancellation requests through whatever channel it may be, you know, where can you implement automation to set proper expectations with people? As Bobby and Ruth know, I say it all the time, expectations are the root of all heartache. So I think expectation setting is really key. And then, you know, are there certain questions that are coming in that that need not that human support? You know, are there questions coming in that, you know, a stock answer or uh, an encouragement to check out a help center article might be helpful? And then, you know, that's all reactive, but there's also the proactive piece, right? So, you know, there's so much content swirling in the COVID-19 space, mm-hmm. but if you're if you're hearing, if we continue on with this travel example, you know, if, if you know that you're getting a certain amount of volume related 
related to cancellations? Is there something that you can publish uh, on your site that has the information that everyone needs? Can you then maybe proactively email that out? Now we want to use outbound emails infrequently and wisely these days, but you know, can you also present it on your website? So Intercom has this technology for any of our users where you're um, sort of showcasing content to the right person at the right time. So man, we could have a whole podcast about this, but um, there's so much that you can do reactively, proactively. And then I think it's about determining like, where can a bot do this for you? Where should a bot do this for you? And then where do you really want to rely on those great, caring, smart people on your team to, to help? That makes a lot of sense. And we'll come back, I think, and deep dive into the automation conversation a little more in a minute because, you know, I agree with you. There's a lot that that can offer in this particular scenario. Before we do, though, Bobby, any particular industries or types of customers that you've noticed are are reaching out at the moment? Yeah, you know, Caitlin mentioned the travel sector, and obviously mm-hmm. we're also seeing all of uh, the businesses impacted just by this, you know, the stay-at-home orders as well. So we're seeing a lot of, uh, whether that's retail companies or companies that were software companies for brick-and-mortar stores, really seeing an impact there. So yeah, you know, it's definitely, it's it's a balancing act. And, you know, my one piece of advice for customer support teams out there is like, you know, you can't take on everything right now. I think it's, that's a challenge we've gone through is like, we care so much about these conversations that are coming in about our customers that we want to help. But, you know, we're only human. Our headcount didn't grow 2x um, because of COVID-19. And so, uh, you know, it's just really important to like, make those conscious decisions of like, who are you prioritizing um, in this process? You know, so thinking about those crises customers, like if you're changing your first response time for them, you know, you're going to have to deprioritize something else. And so maybe that's spend, maybe that's use case, maybe that's like a product type. But if you try to have your team do it all, you're going to end up doing a not so great job for everybody. So that's something that's definitely been the top of mind for the three of us um, when we've been thinking about these like target sectors. Ruth, our EMEA customers are possibly a couple of weeks ahead of North American customers. Is there anything that stands out to you there that the guys haven't covered in terms of particular issues that customers are having at the moment? Not so much particular issues, but um, I think an industry that we're hearing from a lot more than I would have seen before is like healthcare. So there's a lot of healthcare providers, uh, you know, having to move a lot of their services online now in a way that they wouldn't have before because so much in the world of healthcare happens face to face. So there's just been an incredible influx, I think, of healthcare companies showing interest in moving some of their services online. And I think that's actually going to change how a lot of business is done with healthcare in the future, because now they're realizing because they had to learn how to like automate certain things or figure out ways of having like online consultations and things like that, that it hopefully when we come out of this crisis will actually be a cool new thing that's come of this that we'll be able to access a lot more services online as a result of it. I'd love to jump in and and share something that, that has also um, become very apparent to me and I'm sure our entire team, which is just the sheer volume of amazing businesses out there. You know, as we're, we're jumping into these conversations ourselves or handling escalations from the team, you know, I've downloaded a few apps on my own. I've, you know, made note of websites that I want to share with family and friends. So uh, that's certainly within the medical industry, as Ruth has pointed out. But, um, you know, I, I know I don't need to go on about the amazingness of the internet age, but it really has become so obvious just how many really interesting and exciting businesses there are out there pre-COVID and how those businesses are um, pivoting their, you know, their focus or reallocating their resources 
to get in the fight or to really do what they do best through the lens of COVID. So that's just been an interesting and exciting observation as well. Yeah. And that's a really good point, Caitlin, because a a really fascinating outcome of what's going on is how companies are adapting. You know, you're seeing mom and pop stores going online, you know, years before probably something they would have considered in their day-to-day business. And then other companies are kind of tweaking and hacking their tech stacks to use tools that they have at their disposal already in really innovative ways. Is there anything that you guys have done yourselves or that you've heard from a customer that really, really stands out? Ruth, I'm going to go with you first on that one. So for ourselves, uh, we're trying to find a good balance of how we're using automation, like uh, Caitlin and Bobby had spoken about before. So, you know, understanding where it makes sense to qualify people in certain ways using something like custom bots and assignment rules and making decisions then about the types of questions we want to answer with resolution bot or the ones that we're rooting to our teams to decide, no, this actually needs a human interaction. So those ones that, you know, if customers are struggling or if they're upset. Uh, but I'll turn it over to Caitlin and Bobby to see if they've heard anything in particular from our customer base. Yeah, sure. Happy to jump in. One other story from our team, and then I'll share a customer example. So, you know, we have long preached about the importance of a great external knowledge base, and we obviously use Intercom to do that, but as well as an internal knowledge base for your teams. And um, I think I've given them a shout out on a podcast before, but we're big, big fans of Guru. This is an internal knowledge tool that our sales and support teams use, and we have relied on this tool now more than ever to be updating our teams on the latest changes to their workflows specific to customer questions on COVID-19. And so really partnering closely with our enablement team. And so for anyone out there that you know doesn't have an enablement team, just making someone an owner of this internal knowledge base, having one single source of truth where you are updating on a daily basis with the need to knows. And again, you need to be concise. You don't want to dump everything on there, formatting in a really intelligent way. So that's been something we've long stood behind as many customer support teams do, but just now more than ever, having that great source of truth, keeping it updated, giving it a great owner and ensuring that, you know, it's, it's helpful to teams is huge. Now, looking outside, thinking about how our customers are tweaking and, and, and changing their focus or the way that, you know, so I guess two things come to mind. One is customers are changing how they're leveraging intercom. If they're needing to do more proactive communication, um, they're thinking differently about how they're emailing and what the right and wrong email strategies are, right? No one wants to be hitting loads of spam traps or getting archived by their customers. So they're looking to in-app messages. I think I mentioned earlier, but how can they present the right information to the right person at the right time and the variety of technologies within Intercom that allow them to do that? And then using their own technologies, you know, Ruth mentioned the medical industry and how we're seeing them pivot. You know, I mentioned I downloaded an app, like there's an interesting company out there that does sleep like lullabies and meditations. And, you know, they're offering this for free and they've created like a COVID-19 focused session to really help people um, sleep well during these times. So that's just like one small, potentially silly example, but one I found great comfort in and was happy to jump on board with. You know, so we're seeing customers leverage their SaaS products and technologies in different ways to accomplish the problems that they have in front of them. And then we're also seeing them 
pivot their business to meet the needs of their customers and then, you know, the world during this unique and challenging time. For sure. And there's also another sector, which is kind of more B2B products that are now being used by mainstream and consumer customers in ways that they were never designed for, which is fascinating to see. Bobby, any observations there on that one? Yeah, you know, going along with that, our Chicago office is primarily a customer support and sales office. So, you know, I spend a lot of time connecting with our sales leaders and you know, I think businesses, ourselves included, are just thinking about how they can position their product in an authentic way. You know, just we want to be cognizant that there's that there's this pandemic going on, but we believe that we have like a re- really valuable tool that can not only help customers right now, but also help them in the long term. And I think a lot of companies are seeing that where they're trying to find this human authentic way of positioning their product without it being like spammy or salesy or kind of crummy. Um, but kind of meeting people where they are, understanding their specific needs that they have right now during this crisis. But um, a lot of those needs are needs that they probably will have even after this, you know, like reaching your customers and whatnot. So I think like that's just something that's definitely, once again, kind of top of mind for us and our sales partners. But I think something all companies should be thinking about. And, you know, I think customer support has a unique voice and, and a unique lens to be able to share that with sales and to be able to help like be that face of a company together. Fully agree. And I think that's become all the more apparent with everything that's happened in the last couple of weeks. One thing that strikes me that's been a common thread throughout all the talking points that we've had so far in this discussion is automation. I I, I think we've touched on it at every point. So let's zero in on that a little bit. Like it's, you guys have mentioned it as a potential solution for customers who are being inundated with support needs. We've also talked a little bit about those who are dealing with upset or angry customers. So like, is there a risk, Bobby, and I'll stay with you for this one, that automated services might annoy them more at the moment that, you know, another thing we've talked about is that need for a human connection. How can people, you know, practically, how can people get that balance right? Yeah, you know, when I think about automation, you know, automation, it is there for you 24-7 and it's reliable. Yesterday, I had to reach out to my internet company, and after trying the phone lines multiple times and getting a busy signal, I jumped on their website, and it was like, try calling in before 7 a.m. or after 9 p.m. And so uh, that's you know not, not a great experience when your internet's not working and you need to all work remotely. Um, but you know this is this is the spot a lot of companies are in. So you know if your phone systems are collapsing or if you've been working out of a single email queue that's now flooded, automation and getting getting something out there is going to just be a, a much better customer experience. And that does two things. One, like you can use automation to to do the non-personal things, to gather information, like KP's, like Caitlin mentioned, to redirect folks over to some self-serve materials, whether that's a help center or a community forum. And that's going to give you and your team the space to be able to handle those upset customers. You know, if you're talking about, hey, I can't afford my bill right now, that's not something you want to have automated. That's probably something you want to have a human touch on to have the empathy to be able to problem solve together. So I, you know, I think it's really important to find that blend of using automation. It's it's going to be better than nothing, but also um, you can use it to clear up, clear out that space um, for your team to really be able to jump into the important stuff. Ruth, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, same. I think there's some questions that are simply not suitable to be dealt with by a bot or with automation. And we've always said that in Intercom that we find 
our automated products to be great, you know, to deal with simple questions or to qualify somebody to get through to the right person. But there are times where it's simply not appropriate uh, to answer a question with a bot and a bot doesn't show the kind of empathy that a human does on the other side. So I would really encourage support teams to consider when they actually don't do that as well. Caitlin, any last thoughts on that? Yeah, I think we've touched on this in a previous conversation, Dee, but, you know, broadly speaking, I think automation can be good at three things. One is routing, right? So I think Ruth mentioned this, getting the right conversation to the right team member. So if you've got this one size fits all support experience and that's no longer working for you, you know, divide and conquer and use automated routing to get the right conversation, either topic dependent or priority or whatever it is to get it to the right person. And that's going to save you that transit time and ultimately hopefully help with time to resolve, which uh, really matters when people are feeling under pressure. Automation can also be helpful in assisting. So you know, it can surface information either to customers or to teammates, depending on the technology that you're using to try and help them get to their answer much faster, right? So, you know, we, as an example, uh, in our resolution bot technology, as a customer is typing their question, we sort of auto prompt a resolution to them and say, you know, is this what your question is? And then based on that question, it might provide a resolution or answer to them. So it can kind of encourage and assist people people and point them in the right direction. And then lastly, in some cases, certainly not all, as we've discussed, it can help to solve, right? If a customer jumps into our messenger, asks our team a question, we say, hey, it's going to take us a day to get back to you. In the meantime, check out this article related to your question. And if that answers their question, they give us a thumbs up emoji. They're happy. We're happy. So, you know, routing, assisting, and then solving, and then just determining where this is going to work for you and where it isn't based on the nature of your business and uh, the nature of your customers. Yeah. And I think to that last point there, that managing of expectations is, is really important. When people feel like they're speaking into a vacuum, there's nothing more frustrating. So lastly, before we wrap up, Caitlin, you know, in times like this, the conversation we're having internally is that support teams need to be supported from within. And I think that's more apparent than ever. What advice would you give to other support leaders in terms of achieving this and really bringing the team together? Yeah, a few thoughts. The first is a a saying and motto I stole from an old boss and mentor, which is to care deeply and assume strength. So the first portion there, care deeply. Hopefully, you know, we certainly do, but hopefully, you know, support leaders out there, they know their support teams, uh, they know who these people are, they care about their well-being, and they connect with them, whether that's, you know, directly or indirectly uh, through communications, you know, in, in a way that really demonstrates that deep deep care I mentioned earlier. But if someone's got an escalation or question for me, you know, I probably don't nail it every single time, but I'm trying to take that additional minute or two to, hey, how's your family doing? Or I know you were facing this personal circumstance. How's that going? You know, so care deeply and um, mean it. And then assume strength. You know, support teams um, are hired and built to get in there and help customers. Bobby talks so often about how at their core, support teams should be selfless. So, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. It's important that we're giving teams the resources the time and space, the breaks, the bit of fun and laughter, the the dog threads and slack that they need to, to stay sane. But 
to assume that these, you know, teams are strong to set great expectations with them and to, you know, empower them to go do what they do best, which is helping customers. Right. And, uh, you know, again, it's about doing your best. It's not about, you know, pushing people to the limit. We want our team to stay healthy and sane, you know, always, but now more than ever. But yeah, so I guess, you know, care deeply and assume strength really comes to mind for me. And then lastly, like take your opportunity to find connection where you can get it for yourself and for your teams. We last week were rolling out, you know, the 10th change in what is now a 20 change process. And I was about to write my team another novel length email that would hit their inboxes and make their eyes hurt. And I said, you know, screw it. Let's just get on a call. And so we did an all hands with all 80 plus of everyone. Well, you know, Sydney was asleep, but we recorded it for them. And I had no slides and I just talked to the team because I miss seeing their faces and I didn't want to write them another lengthy email. Now, you know, full honesty for any of them that are listening, I'm still writing long emails. (laughs) It's still happening, but, you know, jump on a call and connect and, you know, take those opportunities when and how you can. I think that that's important too. So that's it from me, but, you know, would love to pass it over to maybe Ruth and then Bobby, if they've got anything to share that I've missed, because I certainly couldn't do it without them. Yeah. Ruth, let's go to you first. How long are Caitlin's emails really? (laughs) She's on this call, so I don't know what I should say. <laughs> um, sometimes sometimes long, sometimes not so long. So uh, there's a good balance there, I would say. Just with regards to, you know, making sure that the, the teams are being brought together. Uh, I mean, Caitlin nailed it there, you know, and Bobby, uh, as he's regularly quoted, saying that we should be selfless and support people because our jobs are to, to help others. Something else that I think is really important that we've heard from some of our senior leaders, Des, who I'm sure uh, has been on this podcast before and people will recognize the name, is that, yeah, we're not expecting perfection during these times, but how you, I, I'm going to misquote him now, but it's like how you behave in the hard times is like what really defines you. So it is okay, of course, it's okay if people are like feeling bad and they're having bad days here and there. Um, but to be able to look back as part of a customer support team that dealt with a lot, like a huge incoming volumes, some really tough situations, and you know that you actually made a difference in human beings and companies' lives longer term, like looking back on that and being like, that's how I acted during this tough time. Like that's something that you can be really, really proud of. And I hope that support teams around the world are feeling that way at the moment. That's a lovely, lovely thought, Ruth. Bobby, any thoughts? Yeah, I think um, two thoughts. The first, a bit more tactical. You know, we are in this, we're in this for the long haul here. And everything with this pandemic is, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a marathon. And so one thing I would recommend is just like change fatigue is, is a real thing. And as a leadership team, it's important to try to like minimize that change where you can and try to maintain some sense of normalcy. Like what we're going through right now is not normal. And so if you can look at like your normal workflows. And if you're able to keep those normal, or if you are normally have a weekly one-on-one with your manager, you know, keep that at the same time. Now's maybe not the time to like mix that up and change the day or change the cadence. Um, You know, our teams are going through probably a lot of change fatigue just with the amount of information we're throwing out at them and how quickly um, this pandemic is changing. So, you know, maintain normalcy, try to minimize the unexpected, giving your team the bandwidth and um, the fuel to deal with the stuff that, that you can't control or that has to change. My second thoughts, you know, is that leadership is tough stuff. And, you know, you have the weight of your team on on your shoulders, not just their professional well-being, but oftentimes, you know, their personal well-beings. And while that's a hefty responsibility, it's also a really empowering moment to be able to set the tone for your team. 
when I think about times of hardship and times of crises, you know, you as the leader, you can create a place of comfort. You can create a place of positivity, a place of purpose that might be the only space your team is getting those things. And so, you know, that's not to say work is uh, the be all end all, but, you know, you never know what folks are having going on outside their personal lives. And if they're able to at least come to work and have an environment and a tone of, once again, positivity, a purpose, of comfort, where they know that they're cared about, where they know that they have folks in their corner, that can be a really, really powerful thing in a time, in a time like this. And so, yeah, if you're a leader, whether it's five people or 80 people, you know, just take a moment to think about that responsibility and think about the tone you're setting for your folks. That is really, really good advice to finish on. Listen, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. I think it's great for everyone to hear how our customers are getting on and more importantly, how our customer support leaders are getting on at the moment. I know there's loads of fantastic advice there for people to listen to. So thank you all. Thank you, Caitlin, based in San Francisco, Bobby in Chicago and Ruth from Dublin. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks. Bye. Thanks so much, Dee. Bye-bye. Thanks, Dee. Thank you. Bye. We hope you enjoyed our remote roundtable on customer support. We'll be back next week with a brand new mini-series on Inside Intercom, where we're taking a look at different aspects of business and life and seeing how they're continuing while people are at home. Make sure you don't miss this or any other episodes by subscribing now on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Inside Intercom.